Hello, Mystery Squad. Hello. This is Mystery of the Shadows podcast. I am Lizabella. And I'm James. And so, James, what have you picked for this week's podcast? Lizzie Borden. I think uh, most people know who that is. If you don't know who that is... uh... (laughs) Stay tuned, because you will. (laughs) You're going to know. There's been quite a few movies about her. Yes, there um, is. Books written about her. A lot of lot of articles written about about her and the murders. So basically, this basically the story before we actually get dive in is the story goes that she murdered her parents. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a nursery rhyme on it. Do you know the nursery rhyme? Yes, I do. Would you like to tell the people on podcast land all of our uh, wonderful people? Let's see if I can get this right. Lizzie Borden had an axe. She gave her mother forty wax, and when her father see what she, seen what she had done, he gave she gave him forty one. No, incorrect. You see, see, I was trying to go off the Liz, cuff here. And what I'm gonna say is, Lizabella says she's a huge Liz, Lizzie Borden fan, but she's gonna learn a lot today. It's Lizzie Borden took an axe, mm-hmm. gave her mother forty wax. Right. When her when her it isn't what her when her father something it isn't when her father seen what she had done. Well, it's supposed to rhyme, so I know it's something to that effect because done and one is how they had it going. I, I just did this the other day. Hold on, hold on. So I know I was going to mess it up because I wasn't going to have it word for word. Yeah, and the thing about it is it's actually a nursery rhyme that people do jump, jump rope, roping and all with. Oh, yeah. I definitely, They definitely have. Um, so I've heard it a million times, but... I'm, like I said, put it on the spot. I knew I was not going to have the words word for word. But I know it's close to that. Somewhere close to that. Yeah, it's... Uh, but James is... Uh, they even written, the funny part is they even wrote a song on it. Oh, yeah. They used to sing it to her, if I'm not mistaken. But not only that, they actually made it into an actual long song. Oh, wow. So it's Lizzie Boyden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done. Oh, okay. She gave her father 41. Okay, so I know it was close to that. So, the truth behind the whole story is that she didn't actually give either one of them 40-something wax. Or supposedly, because she uh, was acquitted, as we all know. All right. So, with that being said, if you go by that whole nursery rhyme, it was made up during the trial by kids. And they would come by there singing it, and it went on for years and still used today. Mm-hmm. People still sing that song. That nursery rhyme just made it into a song. Could you imagine you're sitting up in this mansion or you're sitting in your house and kids are coming by singing a song about you murdering somebody? Especially if you didn't do it. So if you didn't do it, you're just sitting there like, here's my thing. You didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And you have kids sitting there coming by doing this and you're just sitting there like, but I didn't do it. Right. But if you did do it, mm-hmm. you have a lot of guts to come by my house. Right. <laughs> That's my point. Who has the guts? If, if Lizzie Borden was still alive in our air, oh yeah, okay, I wouldn't have the guts to do it. One is if she didn't do it, I'd make her feel bad, right. and if she did do it, I'd be scared for my life. Exactly. Well, the other thing is that's a kind of a very um, scary nursery rhyme. <laughs> kind of creeps you out, right? Right. <laughs> and you'd be scared that she would come out and give you forty-two wax. Exactly. So, what do you know about Lizzie Borden? She was born. Do you know when she was born? No, not like I don't have that. Okay. I'm not good with dates. So I'll get into it. Lizzie Borden was born in 1860. So when we're telling the story, we have to think in that time and era, right? Exactly. That That's the whole thing of this whole story here is that it's not in today's 
era of technology. It's not in today's era of people. It's not in today's... Oh, yeah. It's a whole other world back then, yeah. So Lizzie Borden, when the murders occurred, was 32 years old. Her older sister, Emma, was 41. Mm-hmm. Her They lived on uh, in 2nd Street in Fall River, Massachusetts, with their father, Andrew Borden, who was 69 years old. Well, that older than I ever thought. Oh, yeah, for sure. Until I heard it, yeah. And the stepmother, Abby Borden, was 64. Now, I never realized that they were that old when I used to watch the story, read the story. Right. Right. Um, they had a maid, Bridget Ma- Maggie Sovereign, that lived there, was the servant, Irish servant, mm-hmm. 26 years old she was. So she was the youngest. She was the baby of the house, even though she was a servant and worked for them. Right. She was technically the baby of the house. Wow. Right. And then their uncle would occasionally stay there. Right. And stay there the night before. But he would occasionally stay there. It was, uh, it's uh, John Morse was the uncle. It was Lizzie and Abby's uncle. I believe it was when their original birth mother. Because Abby's the stepmother. Birth mother died when Lizzie Borden was two. Right. Right. So this, this uncle is a little suspicious. There ain't much on him. But just keep in mind that he was there the day of the murders that morning before he supposedly left. All right. Abby, where was it? Abby was the stepmother, of course, of Lizzie, right? When she mm-hmm. died. And the real mother, as I said, died when she was two. Right. Um, apparently, it was some kind of sickness someone around. Mm. It's kind of suspicious, even though Lizzie was two. And why I say that is because, again, John Morse. John Morse, if I'm saying that correctly, was. Oh, okay. Okay. So, got to keep that in account of you lost your real mother, mm-hmm. and now Lizzie's 30 something years later, now, same thing. Oh, wow. Family's murder, right? Mm-hmm. So, you have to, that's just something I want to put in everybody's mind is, hmm, you lost two mothers in 32 years, and none of them were natural causes. Oh, wow. I mean, the first one was never proven what it was. There's suspectedly a sickness one around. Never proven. Now, going back to that, they didn't have the test back then, right? Right. That we do today to say, oh, they were poisoned. It was this. It was that. The technology has come a long way. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I just want to point there's some factors out there before we get into the deep dive of the story. So Lizzie Borden was a Sunday school teacher. Wow. For, for church. <laughs> She was supposedly a spinster. She didn't have relationships, same as her sister Emma. They all lived in this modern, smaller home for the amount of money the father and mother had, or the stepmother. Right? Right. So they apparently had money, but they lived in a modern, smaller house. On a poorer street of, a more on finance street of people who didn't have money, like they had. So they were living well under the means of money. Okay. Right? And that comes something into play later. Now, on August 4th, 1892, Andrew and Abby Borden were found murdered. Both of them. Mm-hmm. On the day of the murder, murders, it is said that there was tensions in the Borden house leading up to the murder, the day of the murders. So you had stuff like Lizzie was dissatisfied with the way her father was handling money. Meaning that he was getting up there. If he would have died, all the money would have went to Abby and her side of the family and not the kids. Wow, that's horrible. So you think about it. Your dad's now 69 years old. You are working as a Sunday school teacher. 
Um, you guys don't have much funds like your father now. And the amount of money that their father had was equivalent to $8 million in today's money. Oh, so he was he well off. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they could have had a lot nicer house. I mean, if you really look at it, they, <laughs> they didn't even have indoor plumbing. Right. Right? Exactly. Which was something that was privileged to people who had money back then, mm-hmm. as you know. So, they, they, the father really lived as a kind of a penny pincher kind of person. Okay. Right? So, Lizzie and Abby were very upset to the fact of here in his new will, if he dies, right, the money goes to them, right? But I, what's the whole clause of that is if he dies, it goes to her, right? Right. But if she dies before him, the kids would get it. That's a very... So if the mother, stepmother dies, then the well says the kids get the money. But if the kids, I mean, if the Abby dies, if he dies before Abby, Abby gets the money. And then when she dies, it goes to her side of the family, not the kids, not to Lizzie or Emma. Huh. So the, their whole concern was he was going to pass away. Abby was going to get the money. And then Abby was going to pass. And her side of the family was going to be rich or well off. And they were going to be left with nothing. And here they are, Spencer's and living at home, which was only traditional back then. You, I mean, Emma being 41, Lizzie being 32, ready to be 33. And they're still living at home, not married. Now, as you know, back then, people got married a lot younger. Oh, yeah. Right? It was like, you're 21, it's around that time, right? But they weren't. So they had to be, they weren't living off of any other man. And that's how it was back then. Back in this area, you got married and you lived off the man working, right? Exactly. They were surviving off their father, pretty much. Hmm. Who, if he passes away, Abby and their, their family get off with the well, which riches and they get nothing. And they're most of them going to be kicked out, right? Yeah. Which I think was kind of a, of a weird will in itself, actually. It, it, well, I don't know. I don't know how it was back then for wills. Um. Yeah. So it was, and also tensions why because it was really hot out around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Lizzie hated the stepmother Abby. Yeah. So she stopped hanging around the family. She stopped spending time with them. Um, she avoided eating dinner with them. Everything she could to get away from the stepmother. Hmm. So keep that in your mind. There's anger there. There oh, is yeah. there's bitterness towards your father. There's anger towards your stepmother. That you refuse to call your mother. Right. Right. And <laughs> keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, there is there motive there. That's enough motive to be angry enough to kill. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Does it make you a killer? No. But just keep that in mind. There is motive. Yeah, there definitely is motive. Um, as I said, Bridget Solerin, the maid, lived at the house too. So... On the day of the murders, John Moore's uncle and the father and mother mm-hmm. all sat there having breakfast together, together. Right? Okay. So all sitting there having this breakfast, discussing the duties of what they're going to do that day. And apparently it is said that Abby Borden says that she's going to stay home and clean the house, do the laundry, you know, just the basic stuff that you would do, folding laundry, whatever. Right. John Morse was supposed to go and go out to town. And then, of course, Andrew Borden, the father, was going to go do his everyday work stuff. Right. So that's how the morning starts out. Later on, Andrew Borden, 
returned home, that's the father, and asked where Abby was. So this is around 9.30, 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. He was known to come home and take naps. But he returns home asking Lizzie where Abby is, his wife. Right. Lizzie states that she, uh, she has left the house to go visit a sick friend, which was very on... on like her? Yeah. She really didn't have any friends. These people weren't really liked. And she wasn't known to help a lot of people. Hmm. Right? So it was a little suspicious, but the father, Angel, thought nothing of it. At all. <laughs> so he decides, okay, I'm just going to let you in and take my nap. Right. Now, mind you, when he tried to come into the house, both all three locks in the store were locked during the day. This is Fall River, Massachusetts, right? Mm-hmm. Never has Lizzie ever locked all three locks. Never. Neither has Bridget the maid. Right. On this day, all three locks were done. Mm. So Andrew was already mad that he couldn't get in the door because normally he has to unlock one lock and he's in. Mm. Now he's got to go through this whole thing. He's banging on the door. The maid supposedly, Bridget supposedly answers the door. Here's Lizzie laughing from the upstairs. And that's going to be important in a minute. So... That's suspicious right there. Why is the door locked? Why can't he just come in? Something that never happens. But he doesn't think twice. To, the door was locked and Abby's not home. All three locks are locked and Abby wasn't home. Hmm. Two suspicious things that would have said, mm, something's not going on. Something's going on in this house. These are my kids, you know. Yeah. In today's world, your parents get suspicious over the smallest thing. <laughs> right. And I don't care if you're 32, but okay, why were all three locks locked? <laughs> right. Right. So the maid was sent earlier in the morning to go outside and clean the windows. Bridget was sent out there and she was mad. They, I mean, going out there in this heat Mm -hmm. and now mind you, the whole family came down with a sickness Mm -hmm. days before and they've been suffering from some kind of stomach flu ailment. Who knows what, but she was sent outside to clean these windows in the heat. Mm -hmm. So she was furious. And now she was, she had a threat to quit several times before the state. Wow. She went out. But according to some sources, they say that Abby Borden begged her not to leave because she was scared to be left at the house with Abby. I mean, with uh, Bridget. I mean, <laughs> with Emma and Lizzie. She didn't want to be left alone with the kids. Oh, wow. She didn't want to. She didn't like them. She didn't like their personality. She didn't like, she got bad vibes. She begged uh, Bridget to stay. That's not good. She's getting bad vibes like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> that day of the murders, Bridget was mad. Right. Because, I mean, Bridget wasn't a huge fan of Abby, but she did stay. Right? And, of course, where else she's going to go? She's an Irish maid. And, as you know, back then, Irish people weren't treated the best either. Yeah. And it was harder to find jobs when you were different. Right. From a different country. Right. Yeah. So... She's mad. So you think about this. Again, someone else is mad at the Bordens. Oh, yeah. So you keep that in your mind for when we get into the story more. So now you have a maid who's furious. Mm-hmm. You already know Lizzie has a boy. Now, Emma, doing this whole thing, doing the day in the murders, was not in town. She was gone for a few days, apparently going to get sides for dresses and get ready for some kind of event or party, whatever, which was unusual, too. Because it said... 
by several sources and articles that she was one that would never leave the house and stay out of town. Right. So that's right. that's kind of suspicious, right? Yeah. But going back to the maid, mm-hmm. you're mad. Motive, again, I'll say. Besides, Lizzie tells her she can come in and go to bed, take a nap. Mm-hmm. Well, she lived upstairs. Yep. So this is going to get important. So Lizzie finds her father dead on the couch in the living room where he supposedly went and took a nap like he always does. Right. She screams for Bridget, the maid, to come down. That father has been killed. The maid comes running down, sees the sight, panics, and Lizzie tells the maid, Bridget, of course, to go and get a doctor and get help. Father's been killed. So Bridget goes and tells her what doctor to go get. So apparently in the article, I don't know how true it is, but a doctor lived next door. But Lizzie sent her to go get a different doctor. Oh, really? That's interesting. Now, Lizzie's already said he's dead. She's not a doctor. Right? Right. I mean, obviously, by the looks of how many times the man was slashed, which we'll get into, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you've seen some of the crime scene footage or the videos, and he was dead. There was no question. There was no uh, CPR in this situation. Oh, no. Tell us to go grab this doctor who's farther away. At no time, neither one wants the police, right? No one thinks about the police. Right. A neighbor that heard Lizzie and Bridget screaming is the one that contacted the police. Now, I don't know if it was by phone or how it was done back then. I didn't, it didn't say. But con- gets the police. That's the only reason the police came. Okay. They, neither one failed to call the police. Wow. Now, here's my thing. Lizzie's first words... Father's been murdered to Bridget when she's upstairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not staying in that house. Nope. Right? Nope. So if I come to you, Liz, and we're brother and sister, and I say to you, father's been murdered, and it's in our own house, I'm getting the fuck out of the house. Yeah, if I know he's already dead, I'm out. If I have nobody leaving. else I have to grab, I'm going. Yep, I'm going. I'm getting the police. I'm not messing around the house any longer. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. But she stays. Mm-hmm. And now... To me, back in the day, females were more feminine, fragile, mm-hmm. and scared. Right. Supposedly. Uh, this is going by articles, right? But you had to cut to stay in the house by yourself with a gruesome sight, which number one, I wouldn't even want to be around. Nope. And, and <laughs> stay in this house where the possible murderer is if you didn't do it. Right. So after Sauron, the maid, returns with the local doctor, the maid is sitting there and everybody's like, where is Abby? And again, Lizzie says, she got a note. Same thing she told her father. She had received a note about going to visit a sick friend. Right? Mm-hmm. Bridget goes, I don't think she's returned. I haven't seen her. And Lizzie goes, maybe she's upstairs. Now, if you've been home the whole time and you've been there since your father died and you know she's upstairs or might be upstairs, wouldn't you have said, hey, father's been killed? Yep. Or checked on her. Yeah, so you have a feeling, oh, you heard her upstairs. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. But you know your dad's just been murdered and you you failed to go. And you obviously she didn't come down when you heard you scream. So did, are you saying she came home after Bridget left to get the doctor? 
you would have had to come in the front and back door. You wouldn't say, hey, there's a possible murderer in this house. Right. That's what I'm getting at. So, okay, so you suspectingly say she, you think you heard her upstairs. How do you know it wasn't a murderer if... Exactly. So it leads to the fact of, okay, maybe you just were in shock. Could happen. So we'll leave that out there. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I doubt it, but... <laughs> yeah. So you go on and you... They go upstairs, so what happens is, is now Bridget goes upstairs with a friend of Lizzie's who came over when she heard and all that stuff breaking out, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't even make it all the way to the top, and they saw Abby Borden's body lying in the room next on the floor next to the bed and next to a dresser, mm-hmm. face down with blood. No missing. No way you missed it in this house. No way. You didn't even have to get to the top of the steps. And I say this... Because Bridget got called down steps when the mother was dead. Mm-hmm. Didn't see it. Really? Possible. I guess you got startled when you heard a scream, right? Maybe. Right. Past it, coming straight down the stairs. She might have. Bridget didn't. I mean, uh, Lizzie didn't see it. And she's been in the house. Right. Which supposedly the story changes where Lizzie is, but we'll get into that. So Lizzie had supposedly at one point was upstairs. But then her story changed. But that we'll get to that after the investigation. So they determined that Abby Borden was struck 19 times with a sharp weapon in the shape of an axe. Whew. Or a machete, whatever you want to call it, but it was the shape of an axe. 19 times. That's a pretty aggressive. That, to me, is someone who literally don't like you. Yeah. Okay, if a fight breaks out, or you're trying, or a robbery gone bad, mm-hmm. is more like, oh, get him out of my way and get the heck out. Right. Nineteen times, that's straight out hatred, in my opinion. Oh yeah, for sure. The father, Andrew Borden, was struck eleven times with the same weapon. Mm. Same kind of deal. Maybe not hate it as much, <laughs> <laughs> but he's dead. <laughs> His corpse was still pretty fresh. They determined. That the time lapse between the two deaths was Abby was killed first, an hour, hour and a half before Andrew. Why is that important? Going back to the will. Yep. If the mother dies or the stepmother dies first, the kids inherit all the money. The father dies first, the mother inherits all the money, but now she's dead. It all goes to her family. That's important. Mm-hmm. More motive. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> So, you're taking that into account now, that these two deaths, now, go take that with a grain of salt. I mean, because back then, how well was it easy for them to determine the time of death compared to today? Oh, a lot harder back then. Yeah, it was more like, okay, the blood's more dry, so this one, it was more of a judgment call. Now, they can prove 100% that Abby died first, but was it really an hour and a half gap? That's the question. Right. Was it 20 minutes? Was it an hour and a half? Yeah, there's no, no uh, guarantee on how close it was. Now, so the cops are there, the investigators, the coroner, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And they initially, at first, believed the murders were committed by a man. Most likely a foreigner from a different country broke in. Oh, wow. So, back then, females weren't known to be murderers. It was the last thought you would have. Women were feminine, gentle, calm, and men were the aggressors, right? Right. 
in today's world, it's like anybody can kill. Even yeah. unfortunately, and sadly to say, you even see some kids. Yeah. Anybody's capable of capital murder or yeah. murder, period, or whatever kind of gruesome stuff. Right. But back then, it was like unthought of that a female, especially of that size, could commit such a gruesome murder. Yep. So they were determined. The police investigate, and it came to this conclusion by asking questions and, and investigations of this could not be an outsider. The reason being by the time of deaths. No outsider is going to come into your house. Mm-hmm. Hide in your house for an hour and a half to kill two people. Oh, yeah. So obviously it wasn't a robbery gone bad. Nothing was taken. And someone sat in that house, according to them, with the time frame an hour and a half. Even a half an hour is a long time. Mm-hmm. For sure. So we'll just say an hour to be generous, right? Mm-hmm. No one's going to sit here and it's a robbery to commit a robbery and kill someone and wait an hour for someone else. Right. You're not an outsider who's mad at John, not John, Andrew Borden is not going to come in and kill Abby by mistake because he was wanting John. Or, I mean, Andrew. And... Right, but not touch the other two girls who were also there. Right. Or not even that. You're still not going to wait around that long. Nope. You don't be like, oh, he's not home. I need to get out of here. At least right. I would. Yep, and I'm, I not, would. I'm not a murderer, but putting myself in that situation, you're not going to kill, come there to kill Andrew. But Andrew's not there. You run into Abby, so you kill her and say, well, I'm going to stay till Andrew gets you risking of someone else coming. Oh, yeah. Just doesn't make sense to me. No, we don't. Now, I keep saying John because of the uncle. He's supposedly not there. He supposedly has a solid alibi. I mean, sounds to me like a planned alibi. He was able to, every little detail, up to identifying everyone who was around him that he didn't even know by his friends. But Yeah, it was, what they say? He, it was like uh, five people and he knew first, last names. I think name. it was seven and he knew the first, last names, what they were wearing. It just sounded a little too... Uh, yeah, the numbers on their caps and their sashes. and Too much of a solid alibi. Oh, yeah. But it was like, oh, it's an alibi. It holds so it can't be him. So now the police turn their investigation to the Ernie Borden that was in the house. Lizzie Andrew Borden. Lizbeth. Well, that name will come into play. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> the details that get a little funny is that why couldn't it have been the maid? That's That's all I want to put out there. That's true. I'm going to start out with that. They turn their eyes to Lizzie. All right. So, they discovered that Lizzie, the day before, tried to purchase at the local drugstore cyanide or some kind of acid. Mm. Now, back then, that stuff wasn't really as controlled or banned as it is today. You can't buy cyanide. You can't even get a prescription for cyanide. It's just mm-hmm. a, an acid's. It, it, that stuff's controlled in today's world. Back then, it was just natural. Right. She told them. Now, there's two different stories. She, apparently, she told the pharmacist that she wanted to ask it for her dress, to stain her dress or something. Hmm. Or she wanted the cyanide or whatever kind of poison, some kind of poison. There were several different types of poisons that have been mentioned. It could have been whatever. To kill rats in her attic. Either way. Suspicious because you go back to the parents and the family and the maid were all suffering from digestive issues. Yep. But that kind of gets ruled out, in my opinion. 
because the pharmacist said that he never sold it. So I think that's just a suspicious thing. I think that their their issue was from a stew that was left out. Yeah. So they had known the left. They apparently had a dinner one night where the stew sat on a stove for three days, on, you know, off, just sitting there. Ew. Ew. Mm. I mean, that right there is enough to cause some kind of issue. Yeah. Wasn't it mutton stew? Yeah, I think it was. Ew. So you think about that. I mean, I, I think everybody was trying to throw out these little things of what she tried to now. Well, she may be planning on using that stuff to commit murder, but didn't get away with doing that. So she went the hardcore way. That's possible. Of course. But I definitely don't think they were poison up to that point. No. Um, <clears throat> so Lizzie, as I said, everyone said there was no way she could commit this murder. She's a female. Her height, her body build. Cops struggled to believe that she would do it. But what really started to convince them is that her story kept changing. So small things. Where she was when the murders were committed. What she was doing when the murders were committed. One point was she was in the uh, shed garage. Not garage, but like a outdoor basement kind of deal. Shed. Oh, uh, yeah. I know what you're saying. Because they use different words yeah. for the situation. So she's out there in this shed or whatever looking for a fishing tackle for a fishing trip that's not supposed to occur for a week later, which no one knows apparently about. No one could find fishing tackle. Hmm. <laughs> and then the story goes that she went out there to eat pears. And she even had it down to a number of three pears. <laughs> so you're outside in this hot shed. Again, it's hot. And you're just sitting in this dusty area eating three pears. Then there's also the story that goes around that Andrew Borden killed her pigeons that she had. And she found them dead out in the barn shed kind of deal. There's not enough facts on that. But there has been stories that her pigeons were killed by Andrew. He didn't want to have pigeons. So again, that's possible not a motive if it's true or not. Right? Mm. So take that with a grain of salt. Did that actually happen? You know, oh, right. you know how history goes, especially my time when nothing was really documented well, like a murder. Yeah. <laughs> and this murder in itself was not documented as good as it should have been, especially by the investigations, right? Right. So then her story changed that she was never upstairs. And then at one point she was upstairs. Well, if you were upstairs, there's no way you missed Abby boarding dead. Oh, no. Right? So the investigation... You know, we're, in, we're into about 11 days of the investigation. And they're going hard now on Lizzie. They're going hard. They almost are certain that she is the murderer. It couldn't have been anybody else. Oh. Well, I mean, she does have a lot of motive. She's looking good for it because, I mean, she isn't helping herself by changing the stories. So, with that being said, they, they're now almost certain it was her. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting. Her changing of her stories could be three things. One is anybody who's under distress has trouble remembering exactly what happened to a T. Mm-hmm. Usually the people who remember exactly to a T are the ones that plan it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. But if you're under like panic and stress and parents just died, what are we going to do? And now they're looking at me. It, it can get a little like... Oh, yeah. What was I doing? I have no idea. Was I doing this? What was I doing? A little bit. Not bad. But she was also under the influence of morphine. 
her doctor prescribed morphine for one her anxiety of course yeah <laughs> and two she her monthly thing was going on apparently that's something they did back then was prescribed morphine wow but he gave her to double the dose at one point at first it was a lower dose but then it was double the dose because apparently the anxiety her needing sleep and so could that be a result of some of her stories changing yeah morphine absolutely strong. <laughs> absolutely right mm-hmm. so keep that in your mind but then seven days later from the murders on august 11th not 1892 she was arrested because the day before this is what got her arrested the prosecution told her not to burn her dress not their, they wanted her dress don't do anything with it that night she burns the dress that she was wearing during the murders or wearing when they came there and found the bodies or whatever. Oh no, girl. <laughs> so that gave them probable cause now to prosecute her for murder. Mm. Right? Yep. But when they investigated her that day of the murder, she had no blood on her, on her hands, no defensive wounds, nothing. And that was a gruesome scene. Oh yeah. That many times hacked up the parents the blood spatter alone yeah everywhere i mean what i say it was 18 and 11 Mm -hmm. 18 for the mother 11 times for the father that slashed and you have no blood on you and you have a little dot on your dress she said it was stew right okay now they didn't have dna testing back then Mm -hmm. so you weren't going to take the stress and test was it blood right Mm -hmm. but why did you burn the dress? Yeah. Now, one dot really isn't still enough evidence from this crime scene. No. But still, Lizzie burned the dress. She was caught by her maid and by by her sister, Emma, burning the dress. Mm. Which Emma said, you were told not to burn the dress. She burned it. Mm. Which Emma t- changes her story at the trial while the dress was burned. So we'll get into that in a minute. Next day, they said it was probable cause and they arrest Lizzie and lock her up, put her in jail. That is interesting. Yeah. So that was what actually got her locked up was burning the dress. Well, it did not look good on her part. Honestly. At that point, it was all speculation and trying to and her story changed out still was all but when she burned that dress it was enough for the prosecution to say give me a warrant for arrest yep you're trying to get rid of evidence something doesn't seem right here it looks like you're good for it so she was held in jail from august 11th 1892 to june of 1893 who almost a year yeah but she was treated as a queen Meaning that she was allowed to have her pet cat come there. She was allowed as many visitors. And all of it was because of the money she had and her being a female. Wow. At that time and era, that a female in jail is like, you know, you'd still not expect it, right? Right. Again, today's world, it's <laughs> fair game. Mm-hmm. But back then it was like, oh, hey, we still don't believe she did it. So, but she was allowed privileges mainly because of the financial status that they had. Because they now inherited all that money. That is not right. So, she's in jail. The maid is no longer to be seen after the trial. I do want to put that out. Somewhere into the trial, and I think it was the open testimonies and all that, she leaves. 
and said to have moved to Montana. Hmm. No money, an Irish maid now living in Montana in a nice house. Hmm. Why, my first thing is, why'd you leave? So if you're really loyal to the Bordens and being around the age of Lizzie, if you liked them, you would have probably stayed. Right. So there's the rumor of they laid her off and they gave her a little bit of money and said, we don't want you working for us. Here's your last checks. Then there's the story of they paid her off to keep shut. Hmm. Then there's a story that Bridget left because she's seen it and didn't want nothing to do with them. There's three different stories no one knows for certain besides Bridget who never said. Wow. So it could be any more. My thing with that is Bridget had to have seen something. Heard something. She was in her room. Think about this. Now, also the other thing is Lizzie was downstairs. At some point she told them she was in the kitchen iron, something, handkerchiefs, whatever it was. Right below where Abby Borden was killed. And you didn't hear the big thump. Abby Borden was a bigger lady for that time, time, right? Mm-hmm. 200. I think she was. they said she was like 180, 200. But either or, you still would hear a thump. It's an older house. It's a Victorian older house. Oh, yeah. Right above you wouldn't hear the body fall. Oh, yeah. There's no soundproof in you that. You wouldn't hear house. someone sitting up there slashing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would Think hear about it. that because you're swinging all your might. Yeah, you for sure would hear something. So you're not going to sit there and not hear that? Okay. So that's a little, it's a little interesting. So where were you actually at, Lizzie? Were you actually upstairs? Were you downstairs? Bridget in another room. And again, upstairs is not huge. You don't hear anything? Mm. You're, even if you're outside, again, it's an older house. You don't hear anything. We're not talking. Older houses are not really soundproof. No. We've, we've investigated and been to other houses. Older houses like Jenny Wade. They're not soundproof. You can hear anybody walking by outside. Oh, yeah. You can hear outside. You can hear upstairs. I mean, everywhere. Right. So that's a little suspicious of, you know, the two people that were there, supposing when the murders happened or around the house, outside, inside, wherever, didn't hear anything of two murders, didn't see anybody else leave or come in, and then go back to the three locks on the door. Mm. Doesn't sound good. Nope. Because nobody in my right mind who's coming in to commit a murder is going to lock just the front door of three locks and no one just two other people in the head. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But the police said everything the police had, and I'll say this before we get into the trial, is was speculation or evidence. Mm-hmm. Because they had no solid proof. They didn't have any blood besides the bodies. Mm. They had no eyewitnesses. And there was no DNA back then. DNA wasn't even a twinkle in the eye back then. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think DNA really started coming to the 90s. Around the O.J. Simpson trial is when they really, really started hearing about DNA. Early 90s, maybe late 80s, but DNA wasn't well known. No. And even today, they've still got more advances than they did when O.J. trial happened in the 90s. So yep. It keeps progressing. They didn't have all that stuff. Now, the questions are, is that when they were in this house investigating, there was stuff that was missed, in my opinion. But we'll get into that later. Okay. So, during the trial, the defense argued that there's no way, of course, this female could commit these gruesome murders. It had to come from a man, an outsider. We know the story so far. In our opinions, right? So mm-hmm. the prosecution have argued that Lizzie was capable. She had the motive. She had this. She had. They even brought the Abby and Andrew's skulls into the into the courtroom. Mm, I can imagine that sight. Sat them right on the, 
the desk, the table that Lizzie and the defense, you know, the whole defense was sitting at, sitting right in front of her. Wow. And these little plastic glass, whatever you want to call them, things. Mm. Two scars to demonstrate to them. And this was done to demonstrate the plan of the prosecution to do this. And, you know, if you did that in today's world, you'd be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But back then, there was no standards. Right. Like, you couldn't do any tactic you wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could get hung just for, you know, pretty much anything. But she was on, and she was charged with this crime and facing death. That's what they wanted. That's mm-hmm. what they said. They would not give her. She was found guilty. It was death by hanging. Right. These skulls are now sitting in front of her. Prosecution's objective was to show everyone that how gruesome of a murder this was. Look at the skulls. Look how badly damaged these skulls are. Not the greatest idea. Now, mind you, it was just it was just you know skeleton remains of the right. head, right? But it backfired because here is Lizzie Borden, fainting and panicking and hysterical, and you make it look like you just tortured this young lady. You didn't prove to me how gruesome I was. You just showed me Lizzie's reaction. Mm-hmm. It's like the OJ trial. Putting on the gloves. <laughs> Bad move. Bad move. Bad move. You just helped the defense prove that Lizzie is hysterical just by looking at that. There's no way she gruesomely murdered these two. Right. No way. Her trial, trial lasted only two weeks. Wow. Two yes. weeks. And you had people outside. You had to have extra police presence because the trial outside. I mean, just outside, people wanting to get in there to get tickets to sit there and watch the trial. Wow. Now, if you've seen, you can still go into this courtroom. It's still there. This courtroom was small. Didn't hold a lot of people. I mean, yeah. we're not talking like fancy O.J. Simpson trials or some of the trials. See, we're talking about old wooden type. Mm-hmm. I've seen the pictures. Yeah. It's very small. So those people lined up outside, just like there would be in today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the two weeks. Shirley only deliberated for one hour <laughs> and found a non-guilty. Wow. One hour after the trial to say hey, all of them agreeing she was not guilty. There was three judges there. And all three judges, too, believed she wasn't guilty. So the prosecution did a terrible job of even making it a close verdict. You're talking about there's no way this girl because everything they did was circumstantial evidence mm-hmm. and every tactic they used helped Lizzie. Oh yeah. In the trial. Right? Mm-hmm. And it, evidence again back then. Back then, you know, see and say DNA, but back then you didn't need DNA. All you needed was something. The murder weapon they thought they had and they said was the murder weapon come to find out, has no evidence in today's world of being a murder weapon. That's crazy. No blood was ever found on it. And when they went there and looked, there was no blood found on it. Of course, they don't go by looking from the naked eye. There was no DNA. Mm-hmm. It still looked brand new. And two is that it was tested in the last 30 years when DNA come around. And there was no blood found on it. And I'm pretty sure something would have been soaked inside oh, the wood. Oh, yeah. As much blood that was found at the crime scenes, there would have been blood soaked into that wood. And you cannot get blood out of wood. Nope. That's going to soak all the way in. You're going to have something somewhere in one of them crevices. So back in that trial, when she's found not guilty, you have circumstantial evidence. When I mean, you don't have the exact murder weapon. And the only thing you got is stories. It doesn't look good. I don't care. Yeah. And back then, it was easier to be prosecuted oh, and yeah. hung. Yeah, it was. So, 
as I said, Lizzie was worth and Emma were worth eight million after the trial. Eight million dollars. Woo! Yep. Today, that's today's world's money. Mm-hmm. And that's then I mean, yeah, but back then, I mean that's today if you think of eight million in today's money, I'm feeling pretty good. Oh yeah. I didn't work for nothing. My parents are dead and I'm rich and I don't seem very upset, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they decided to take the money and purchase a 14-room mansion. Mm. Now, as I said, they lived by under their means at the time. Yeah. Right? But Lizzie and Emma always had a dream of living on the hill, which was a higher-end area in, in Massachusetts, right? In mm-hmm. Falls River. It was basically where the high-end people hung out and lived. Yep. They always wanted to be high-end society-type girls. But a dream came true. They both got this mansion together. Lizzie was shunned after the trial. Even though she was acquitted, everyone still in town felt she was guilty. Even the people who would come to hang out throughout the parties at the mansion and everything felt she was guilty, but she was guilty, but felt she was an attraction they wanted to meet. Wow. She had no real friends after that. Yeah. So there was no real physical evidence tying Lizzie to the crime, right? Mm-hmm. But still, everybody shunned her. Everybody made that nursery rhyme could go by her mansion singing the nursery rhyme. That is crazy. So, to try getting her name out of the newspapers and out of people's mouths, she changed her name from Lizzie Borden to Liz Beth Borden. Now, and to make it sound more high society type girl, and people would forget that she was just supposedly. Double axe murderer <laughs> of her parents. So she wanted to distance herself from all that and you know, all that good stuff. Even on her tombstone today, says Liz Beth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I've seen that picture of that. And, but it was 1905 when she actually changed her name. So she waited several years after the murder to change her name hmm. to Liz Beth. 1905. So, eventually, for some reason, there's different stories out there. Emma Borden and Lizzie Borden had a fallen out, or Lizbeth Borden had a fallen out. Emma left the mansion, and they never spoke again. And they both died never speaking. Wow. Lizzie Borden eventually died in her mid-60s from pneumonia. Emma Borden died 11 days later. From kidney failure disease. Wow. Yeah. 11 days. Yeah. So, that's all the evidence. That's the case, right? Mm-hmm. So, the facts, here's evidence that I feel like at the house need to be taken a look at more that they didn't do. Okay. So, she was acquitted of murder because it was all circumstantial and... No way of female. Really, it all came down to that there wasn't enough evidence, but it was also primarily because in everyone's head, no female could commit this type of murder. Right. It had to be done by a man. Right? Right. Men were the dominant, controlling people. Mm-hmm. And were the ones that committed murder back then. So keep that in mind. So mm-hmm. that, that was really what swung everybody to think no ways was possible. Right. So, why... Was an actual murder weapon actually found? They still have the axe that was in the courtroom that was said was to be the murder weapon that was found in the basement. Mm-hmm. So here's my thing. Lizzie, even if she cleaned the murder weapon, 
You don't take it back downstairs to the basement? No. Number two. That weapon has been proven that it's most likely not the murder weapon, even though it matches could match some of the... Well, there's plenty of axes that could match that. that yeah. My other thing is, is, what about the coat under Andrew Borden's head when he died? Mm-hmm. His best dress coat. His favorite one. He was a high-end type guy, hung his coats up, mm-hmm. and he has it under his head. It was soaked with blood. So Lizzie not having any blood, we'll get into it on her, could be two things. She had his coat on. She might have put his coat on to commit the murder, cover up, and once splack out on her dress. Possible. Especially since she's a little girl mm-hmm. or a little female compared to Andrew Borden. So this coat would easily wrap around and cover you all. Oh, yeah. And then all you got to do is wash your hands and maybe some other spots, right? Mm-hmm. Could that be the reason? Could it be that she literally killed these people naked? There's only been one other person speculated that, and I've been one of them. Mm-hmm. Of what was to stop her from just taking her clothes off, going to commit the murders, and then jump in the shower? Very true. We don't have DNA to check stuff that's washed back then. So what's not there to the naked eye is not there. Exactly. So has anybody ever taken this is what I'm wondering. Has anybody ever taken one of those UV, is that what's called UV lights? Oh yeah. To the bathroom. Or wherever she would have showered or in a bucket. The the uh chamber pot. Well, that no, that's the chamber pots where they go to the bathroom at night. Oh, that's right. They have the other thing that they uh... wash off when they had. I don't know what they used actually to wash, but did anybody take a UV light to any of the stuff around there like that mm. to see if any of that contained blood? Now, supposedly there was a bucket filled with blood and rags that she personally used to clean off her menstruation blood. Sounds a little fishy to me. Mm-hmm. But men being back then, it wasn't something they were going to look at. Oh, you said it. You you go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you go. You do your thing. Yeah, we remember touching that. <laughs> we ain't touching that, right? Yep. But a little suspicious that you're at a murder scene and there's a bucket that has some blood in it and these rags that have blood in it. Could it possibly what she used to wash? And she just Or whoever committed to murders used to wash and you didn't really look that hard into that? Yeah. Strike two, come on. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's said that the police that were there that day didn't do a thorough job, and they were newer police and all that good stuff. There's stories around, but, yeah. Why wasn't the maid looked at more? That's another good reason, a good, good uh, and he, question. And, he, and here's my thing on that. Okay, now, now everybody pretty much knows the story, and if there's anything missed, there's so many articles out there. To look at. Oh, yeah. And everyone changes a little bit. So you kind of have to get the idea. And, and even some of the movies are different from the first. and this, mm-hmm. But you, all of them have the same baseline, right? Yeah. It's, it's no hidden fact. So check it out if you don't understand what's going on. But why wasn't the maid booked into more? In today's world, think about this. In today's investigations. They, they, they check Everybody that was everybody in that is house. guilty until proven guilty to, in their eyes, even though yeah. the system says you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. But to an investigator, you're guilty until I prove you innocent. Right. So. Yeah, she would have definitely been having to go through the ringer as well to get cleared. Yeah, 100%. So my thing of it is, is 
with her. You either you were outside washing the windows, or you were upstairs in your room sleeping, and two murders occurred and you didn't know it. Right. So, right. I'm outside on this property cleaning windows, mm -hmm. and I didn't see you break into you. the house. Uh huh. And I didn't hear anybody scream if they somehow were able to, which I, I'm pretty sure someone had to have, right? You would think. To a point. Uh -huh. Unless they knew to wreck them, yada, yada, and there goes back to Lizzie, right? Right. And you didn't hear any thumps. And now if you were in your room sleeping, again, in a non-sound room, we live in this house. It's not soundproof. Oh, no. But that those houses are way not soundproof. Here has yeah. a little bit. But back then, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing. Right. And you didn't hear a thump. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Bridget Solver and the maid. Mm -hmm. Didn't hear anything. Mm -hmm. I have a tough time believing that myself. Yep. Whether she was part of it or whether Lizzie did it, I have a tough time believing once that she knows nothing. It's the whole, yeah, okay. You, mm -hmm. you, you know, something, either she didn't want to be in Rob, so she lied. She was scared of Lizzie, so she lied. Something. Oh, yeah. Or she was paid off to be part of it. That could be. Yeah, that's true too. So that's some of the stuff that you have to question of like what what happened back to so if today's world, here's my thing. If today's this is my verdict on it, before we get into details, right? Mm -hmm. So the evidence for her, then I'll say that shows that she was not guilty to me. The father was not well liked. He's a businessman. Mm -hmm. And a cheapster, you know, kind of shyster businessman. Mm -hmm. And back then, it was easy to piss people off as a businessman. Oh, yeah. People did not like successful businessmen, especially ones that were not helping them. Right. It's the whole Ebenezer Scrooge situation. <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. Um, And he was also known to do some things that were dirty. and But that's to me, is all speculation because I don't see document proof. So, you know. Mm-hmm. But you didn't take an extra week to sit there and try to investigate people he may have done business with, even just because of the time frame of the two deaths. Right. <sighs> Hour and a half. Okay, I get it. It had to have been someone in the house. Sure, yeah. But if it was someone that really wanted Andrew Borden dead, they may have killed Abby out of unexpectedly and stayed around just to kill him. If they were really that pissed. Well, they, they very well could have. Maybe they didn't like either of them. Right. You never know. Especially since, again, they weren't very friendly with a lot of people. Right. Then there's the uncle, John Morse again, mm -hmm. who was suspicious with his alibi. Now, just because he has an alibi, was it planned? It was said that he was very jealous of Andrew hmm. being a way better off in life and more successful in life than him. Wow. Why wasn't he looked that hard at just because he had a solid alibi? Too he solid. Was, he was definitely the height and easily could have committed those murders. For sure. Had access to the house. No one would have looked twice because they knew him. So him being in the house wasn't a big deal. Right. Right? So why couldn't it have been him? Why wasn't he looked that harder before just going at Lizzie? Right. So you have the unsuspected mad business person. You have the unsuspected John Morse, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a burglary gone wild, burglary gone wrong because there was nothing taken. Right. 
So to me, an, an amount of hits the person took. Oh, yeah. 18 and 11. Slashes. It was personal. It was Vendetta. It was a personal of, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. So whoever committed these murders, in my opinion, straight out did not like Abby and Andrew. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little more didn't like Abby. <laughs> Possibly. Because think about it. I'm putting this out there. You're swinging a, uh, a hat, hatchet, a axe, axe whatever. whatever kind of weapon, right? Yep. You don't get winded mm-hmm. and tired at a certain point. So you're going to get tired from slashing and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just think about it. You continuously don't your wrench, you don't run out of energy. So probably in my book, 18 times is probably all I got. Probably. <laughs> and it didn't take 18 times for that person to be dead, oh. for Ab- Abby to be dead. No, not at all. Andrew, I'm less angry at, but I still don't like some of the stuff he's done. 11 times, fine enough. I, I'm already tired from the first murder. <laughs> you know, I only had an hour and a half break. I don't think I got anything to eat or drink in between. Yeah. Maybe some pears. Still, still uh, recovering from the sickness, you know. Right. So that's why I say she couldn't have. But here's why I say she did. She was there. Again, this is circumstantial. There was also Bridget there. Mm-hmm. Um... So, again, my evidence is going to be kind of circumstantial evidence. The timeline. Really, an hour and a half, no one's going to stand there and wait. Honestly, if you really think about it, you're not going to. Nope. The dress. Why'd you burn it? Yeah, it did not make you That is the most, I think that's the most crucial part. And that's really what sent her to trial. Was because you burned the dress. You were told not to do anything with it. Turn it in for evidence. Yep. And then you go and you destroy it. Which is like, way to go, Lizzie girl. <laughs> yeah. If you did, if she didn't burn a dress, they would have had nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Because you're not going to get anything off the spot, which this, this spot yeah. was so small, what yeah. they said. And so. that was what made him do it. That and her story changing, but still that wasn't enough. The story changing, but again, morphine, morphine and the trauma of PTSD going on. Yeah. Which wasn't known as well back then, but I mean, the tra- trauma of that situation, it's going to make you kind of messed up. Oh, yeah. And she had motive. So when I say she had motive, she had motive. She longed to live on a hill mm-hmm. in a fancier residence, more independent, away from people or controlling father. Oh, yeah. Her father was controlling, old school type, very controlling. She hated Abby Borden. Yep. She hated her stepmother with a passion. With a passion, she would tell everybody. She would quote, quote, unquote, quote, and quote, yeah, quote, unquote, <laughs> of how much she hated her parents, mm-hmm. or especially her stepmother. She hated her. Oh yeah. The fear of losing the financial being. Oh yeah. Because if uh, if Andrew died and Abby was still alive, they wouldn't see a penny no matter what. Yep. And there's also some secondary murders that have never been proven facts. That Andrew and her, Andrew was sexually molesting her, mm-hmm. or Andrew had something going on with her, and stuff like that. Uh, there was that small room that Sony never really been proven. They made a movie on it that Lizzie was a lesbian and had some kind of thing going on behind screen with the maid or with one of her friends. Yeah. There was no evidence from that. There was no evidence when that after they moved and no one's approved said to happen, yada, yada, yada. 
I mean, is it possible that Andrew was doing stuff? We don't know. To her? It's possible. I mean, he was that type of guy to be very aggressive and demanding. and mm-hmm. That's more motive than enough right there. In today's yeah. world, that's motive enough to kill. Yeah. I mean, but what really comes down to is the motive of the money, which is always the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Money and hatred is always the number one motive. Yep. She hated her stepmother and the money from her father she wanted. Yep. Right there. That's bang, bang. enough. But again, that's circumstantial. All it is is a motive. So having a motive to kill doesn't make you a killer. No, that doesn't. And being around where a murder happens doesn't make you the murderer. No, just when you put everything slowly together, it does not look it, good for Lizzie. It doesn't look good, but it's not enough to correct her. Nope. In, in today's standards, with the evidence that we know, mm-hmm. it's still not enough to correct her. It's nope. still a reasonable doubt. Yep. If she was going to trial right now with only the evidence that we know that they collected back then, mm-hmm. it's not guilty. Oh, yeah. Because it's circumstantial. You, yeah, you can't. You have no card, cold, hard evidence for me. It says that she committed these murders and that why it couldn't be somebody else. Right. Or even Bridget. Mm-hmm. You have not proven it to me. I've watched every movie, read every book, every documentary, and even everything on Google. And there's never been enough evidence to prove me otherwise. I don't know about you. Nope, I have not found anything that could convince me 100%. So, in a court of law, I would vote not guilty. Guilty, yep. But, personally, what do you think? Personally, in my gut, Lizzie did it. And I think she had help. Personally, in my book, she did it. Now, there's a sign that says maybe Emma was involved and just left town. Didn't want to actually be there. Bridget knew mm-hmm. and was paid off. Mm-hmm. But that's just, again, possibilities. But as far as how I actually feel, I think Lizzie murdered mm-hmm. for cold, hard blood, hatred of her mother, and for the money of her father. She knew who had to die first. Yep. And but if she, you know, you could sit there and say, well, she was meant to be on balance because this happened, this happened, this happened. Well, it's not an excuse. You murdered. Mm-hmm. But I believe she committed the murders. I believe. Mm-hmm. 100%. I don't believe no one would have stayed around long enough for that was a half an hour, an hour. Or actually, an hour and a half, like they say. No one would have stayed around. Nope. Nobody would have randomly slashed somebody's head 18 times. Nope. I've worked with people I don't like. Yeah. You couldn't get me hated enough to even kill them. Nope. I'm not a killer. Nope. But to even sit there and slash 18 times? Nah. Mm-mm. No. No. I'm not that kind of you person. You literally either. had to have freaking killed someone in my family to make me that mad. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. So, I have a tough time believing it's otherwise. That's not this. Now, was there anything that you found any more of John? After the whole incident. Well, that's the funny thing. There's not much known about John. Hmm. At all. I've even tried Googling. Because you've watched everything. You've studied stuff with me. Yeah. You watch, there's not much mention of him. Besides yeah. he ate dinner that morning and he was ruled out because of, even though his alibi was suspicious. Yeah. That's all you know. It was a little too perfect. He apparently had no relationship with uh, the kids afterwards. Um, he was apparently there during the first part of the trial. I get definitely, but it was never seen again by you know the town people and all. Hmm. A little suspicious. That's pretty weird. Yeah, you're the uncle of these kids. 
you know, and whether he liked them or not, he... Yeah, he left. It's kind of suspicious. There's no real story. There's no real information hmm. on him. It's a little scattered. I mean, you see bits and pieces and, and hear people's opinions, right. but actual dead hard facts mm-hmm. is not there. Yeah. At all. So now I'm going to get to the next part of the story. The haunting. Oh, yeah. Part of the story. So we all know now two people were murdered in sales. Lizzie was the prime suspect. Mm-hmm. Lizzie got off for murder, possibly, whether she did it or not. She was acquitted. And she was teased and treated like crap afterwards, mm-hmm. whether she did it or didn't. She was acquitted. Mm-hmm. And she was still treated like scum. Yes, she was. Is it fair? Uh, don't know. So, the fact that the two sisters were not talking anymore is something I want to get into. Why? Mm-hmm. There's different stories of all because... Lizzie was spending money and had all these people over and Emma didn't like it. There's a story that Lizzie confessed to Emma. Mm -hmm. Now, I mentioned in the beginning that Emma covered and lied about the dress burden in the court. Emma stated in the court of law that she was there and she told Lizzie to burn the dress because she didn't like it because it was ugly. Yep. And that's something apparently they did in their family. I don't know how people worked back then. To a T. Maybe that's something they did. But why the dress that you know guy asked for? And the night they uh, night of, of that, yeah, they had to return to give to it the next day. Right. So yeah. Emma said in this court that she was the one responsible for telling Lizzie to burn it. But she didn't know it was supposed to be, you know, evidence, yada, yada, yada. A little suspicious. Mm-hmm. You're covering that much for your sister. Liz, I'm your brother. I love you. But if you commit cold horn murder to our parents, mm-hmm. I'm not covering a dang thing for you. I agree. I wouldn't do the same for you. If I, I mean, wouldn't want you to. Want a straight out cold because to me, murder is the most cold-blooded act you can take. Oh, yeah. It's not a mistake of finances. It's not a mistake of knowing all. You straight out know, no matter what, from the age of three, four, and up, that murder's wrong. It's mm-hmm. in the Bible. It's it, whether you believe the Bible, but it's also wrong to take someone else's life. Right. So there is no mistaking in that law. Oh no. There's no mistakenly of intentionally cold blood first degree murder on somebody. Nope. So the haunting. It is said that this house is haunted by Abby, Andrew, Bridget, Emma. And Lizzie Borden. Emma, I mean, uh, the maid Bridget was not a Borden. So, I mean, I've, I never should have added that in there. But Bridget, the maid, supposedly haunts it too. Hmm. Now, is now a bed and breakfast. Yes. That you can stay at. I know, it's kind of cool. And do ghost adventures at. You can rent out the whole place for the whole night. People have done it. People go there, paranormal people go there all the time. There's been so many paranormal reports out of this place. I believe it. It's ranked in the top 10 United States places that are haunted. Wow, top 10. This house is still standing in the original foundation. There's even, you can even see the blood from the basement seeping from where Andrew Borden was killed with a blue light. Oh, that is cool. Right? 
so you think of this. Two murders never solved happen in this place. This place is definitely haunted. Oh, for sure. The cool thing about it is you can rent out several different rooms. Now, I'm sure the bed's on the original. I mean, come on. And I know the couch where the murder happened is not original. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't blame them for that. No, I don't either. But everything else is original. Original which or is rare, the time. Yeah. Which is rare to find a, a murder house where pretty much the only thing that's changed is a few beds. And... Oh, they added a bathroom. Oh, the bathroom was just there because if you're going to have people stay, yeah. by law, today's world, you got to have plumbing. Yeah, of course. Um, but other than that, it's original. Mm-hmm. It wasn't destroyed. So this is like the real deal house. Yeah. Two murders happen. And this place is haunted. You can rent out just single rooms, mm-hmm. like a bed and breakfast, the basement. There's several rooms. Abby's room, the maid's room, Andrew and Abby's room. I mean, and all. Emma's room, Lizzie's, Lizzie's room, room, the basement. I mean, there's so many rooms you can run out, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. You can also do tours, have a tour guide, or, as I said, spend, rent out the whole house, stay there by yourself, do your own investigation. Mm. Yeah, a little creepy, right? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, ranked in the top 10 most haunted places. Wow. Which is on our list this year. It is. To go investigate and put on our YouTube channel. What we see. Mm. Right? Yes. What we hear, what we see. So, throwing that out there, come subscribe to our YouTube channel with the same name as this podcast, Mysteries or Mystery of the Shadows. And you will see, it's not a lot on there right now, but you will be seeing stuff like this. And one of the goals this year is definitely going to investigate the Lizzie Borden house. Take the tour. Do our own investigations and even try to stay there all night. Liz has already said that she's staying in my room and she refuses to leave, even to go tingle. Yes, I'm staying by her side because number, number uh, was that what's that saying of um, it's better with numbers? I disagree. I ain't going by myself. I ain't seen nothing by <laughs> Just, myself. <yeah. laughs> but the whole fascination with this is now this place is supposedly haunted. So mm-hmm. you have two stories. You have the history. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, you can't have paranormal without the history. Of course. That's that's always been a rule of thumb. You can't, same as Gettysburg, I was like, you have your people who just go there for the ghost hunting, mm-hmm. and you have your people who go there for the history. But the truth of the matter is, if you're going there for the ghost hunting, you're getting your history, too. It's intertwining, yep. Yeah. So what's fascinating about this is the whole story. It's an unsolved two, double murder. The prime suspect is the daughter. Mm-hmm. The one daughter, the youngest daughter, and it's never been solved. <laughs> and then you have the ghost side. It's fascinating. Both sides are fascinating. Oh yeah, yeah. Both sides. Um, it's just it's shocking. Even in today's world, it's still not been solved. In today's society, today's technology, today's paranormal investigations, today's everything. Yeah. We still can't figure it out. Even with investigators, even. You see all these investigations going on on still, mm-hmm. and everybody's still split. Whether Lizzie actually did it, mm-hmm. whether Lizzie didn't, because there's no evidence. Yeah. Now, my thing is going back to the murders. How did Lizzie wash all this blood that supposedly would have been on her? Mm-hmm. If, whether she had the coat on or whether she had nothing on, there's still going to be blood. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That bucket of blood, though, I mean... But Andrew Borden, it was said that his body was discovered 15 minutes after his death. Oh, dang. 
how do you get that blood covered up fast enough and scream for for Bridget, who's supposedly upstairs sleeping? Hmm. Doesn't make sense. And then there's no footprints prints in the house. Of blood tracking, I mean, blood footprints. There's no blood of, like, all through different rooms. Don't, doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, right? Also, where Lizzie supposedly was hiding in the shed, barn, whatever you want to call it, there was no footprints found, and it was full of dust. No fishing equipment was found. Hmm. Interesting. So she wasn't probably out there. But then in her one story, she says that she was actually in the kitchen. Again, you didn't hear, like, you could see the kitchen and the living room. Right? Yeah. If you look online and you look where Andrew Borden was murdered to where the kitchen's at. You're yeah. going to see something. Hear something. Well, that too, but. You're definitely going to hear something. And think about it. Have you ever used an axe and swung it? Uh-huh. It makes sound. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're making contact with a human skull. Oh, is And then a, tail, a couch underneath. I want to make some now and sounds. Oh, yeah. That's got to be horrendous. And then Lizzie freely roamed around his house. Didn't see two bodies. We live in a house bigger than the Bordens, but it's still considered small in today's society. Uh-huh. I mean, in case anybody's wondering, we call this the uh, what mansion? The what? What what do I what do we call this? What what mansion do we call this now? I did a video one on YouTube the other day. Spooky mansion. Oh, okay, yeah. Either spooky mansion or something like that. Check the video out. But really, this house is small in today's society. Oh yeah. But you could still clearly see from the living room to the kitchen. Yep. So if there was a body hanging here with blood everywhere, <laughs> and I'm in there cooking a roast, or I'm in there ironing uh, handkerchiefs or whatever the heck. Lizzie says she was doing in the kitchen. It's clear cut. I'm going to see a body at some point. Oh, yeah. And, or somebody leave. Yeah. And come so we're just using our house here for an instance. There's nobody you wouldn't hear anybody getting murdered in here. Oh, you would hear it. Anywhere in this house. If, rather, if I was down in the basement, I'd still hear someone getting murdered. Oh, yeah. Whether it's upstairs or down. Their house was smaller and less soundproof. Yeah, there's no hiding any of that. I looked at, this is how detailed I went to the story. Our square foot of our house compared to theirs. Mm-hmm. Well, one third bigger of a house, this is, compared to the house they were living at when the murders happened. At the wow. time. At the time, not including the expansions we have had to do for the bathroom. Wow. So, about 30% bigger of a house, this is, and we... Would see and hear a murder take place if we are awake. Um, yeah. Okay. But Lizzie was wide awake in this house and failed to hear two murders. Or see anything. And even outside, this house is more soundproof. And if we were in the backyard, you could still hear us in here. Mm-hmm. And we can hear you out there. And this house is more soundproof than their house. Yep. Something wrong with Too much doubts. Too much doubts that her, Lizzie, and Bridget didn't hear anything. Yep. So that's that's where I'm out of story. I 100% truly believe one of them know, Mm -hmm. one of them didn't, if not both. And that that house is 100% haunted. 
which we're going to find out this year. So stay tuned for that. Yes. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed the information that we have provided. Like I said, there's so many stories on this case that you kind of have to break down and make it shorter yeah. and use your own what you, what's actually facts because there's like five different versions and, and it's small things that differ, but not and not big things. But you kind of have to be like, okay, was the story of this actually the true one was so i go by what most are saying right and then there's you can't sit here and talk because i could talk on lizzie borden for five hours but nobody wants to listen to a five-hour podcast because <laughs> i could sit here and give you every little detail every step that lizzie said she made that day but <laughs> the podcast is only so long <laughs> that's true right and plus she did change her story <laughs> yeah so just just some little details that we you know you could probably look up and say, well, I didn't see this, so I didn't hear that. But yeah, there's so many articles. Yeah. And opinions and, opinions, and, and, yeah, and it's harder it. back then because less facts than what you would in a case today. Oh yeah, for sure. So you want to announce to the world uh what story story you don't be telling at our spooky mansion next week here, since that's where we tend to do these podcasts from. Yes. So I'm gonna cover the Salem Witch Trials. Yay. I'm super excited about it. So our next podcast, Liz Abella or Liz or Liz Beth. Because <laughs> she could be Lizzie Borden. Who knows? I'm not a killer, I promise. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. About we'll them see. apples. <laughs> she just doesn't remember. Um it's gonna be a fascinating story. I know nothing about that. So I think it's gonna be a lot of fun since Liz is telling the story. Oh yeah. Uh she's she's gonna tell it to her best knowledge and to her best research, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think so. Another uh, day at the spooky mansion hands hearing stories from us, all of our wonderful uh mystery squad. So thank you to all of the mystery cross squad who loves listening to our rant on mysteries and the paranormal. Um don't forget to check out our YouTube channel under the same name. And uh, we'll be putting more content out on that. Yes, we are. We're going to be doing some more investigations on that channel. We're actually going to try to do one this week. Something local. Oh, yeah. And do a little dive on that and try to either debunk it or show it or get our, our, see if there's actually paranormal going on there. Yeah, see if we can get something um, to happen for us. Do some Lizzie boarding on it this year. Hopefully yeah. we get to go down, uh, go up. Go up. So for everybody out there who's probably wondering where our spooky mansion that we live at is in what state, it's Maryland. Yes. It's far from a mansion, but I think we're going to call it spooky mansion. I think it's what we're helping to introduce, introduce everybody every week. Welcome to our spooky, if we're here doing the podcast. Yeah. Unless we have a different name. We need to look into it. Yeah. Well, right. come on, son. By next podcast, we will have the correct name for our mansion, a.k.a. our house, Kirkpatrick House, or... Thomas House. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like that's talking. It is. I, I, feel, I feel like I might did a different name on YouTube, but I can't quite remember. If you can, oh, if my. you can keep these people distracted and listening longer, I'll oh, look it up. Yeah, Jamie's gonna look it up and we're gonna keep distracted. But I'm hoping you guys are gonna be excited for the Salem Witch Trials. Um, I've always been kind of fascinated with it, and I've heard um, it's actually a pretty cool place to visit. I don't so, know about all that. No, I have. I've heard it's very interesting. They have like different aspects of it, but 
Um, they have like a historical site you can visit. It's, I've heard it's very, very cool and that it's a must see. So, I mean, what do you remember? Like, what kind of era that's that that we're gonna be talking about next week is? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was in the 1600s. Mystery Mansion. It is Mystery Mansion. Okay. Mystery Mansion is what I called it in okay. the YouTube video. So we're here at Mystery Mansion, which is more like, well, small house, well, <laughs> in a bad area. Yeah, but it's <laughs> but, okay. But we like to consider it Mystery Mansion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe it's the 1600s. Well. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's a long time ago. It is. So, so yeah, and then that's what we're going to do every week on this podcast. It's most of the time when we take turns telling you the stories and mm-hmm. and facts of the stories. And then kind of like you saw tonight where we discuss it and then tell you some other things and tell you the paranormal of it, but actually tell you the history of it. You kind of caught a glimpse tonight of how it's going to go down. Yeah. But there will be times where we also combine several stories, small stories into one, and then some fictional stuff like Blair Witch. Yeah. <laughs> so, as always, Mystery Squad, see you on the next one. Have a good one and be safe out there. Stay spooky. Don't die.